0: Often wear many hats in life: mother, daughter, wife, ex-wife, caregiver, mom, taxi, chief cook, and bottle washer. In most cases, we're doing all this while holding down a full-time job or even running our own company. It's often high-pressure, and most always involves stress. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women in high-stress professions, where we'll discuss how to manage the stress at work and at home, so you can feel happier, healthier, and more successful. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence.
1: You're listening to Sprinting to Success podcast with your host, Esme Lawrence. Today on the show, we have Carolyn Hubbard. Carolyn Hubbard is a former World Ironman Series winner, she's also an elite triathlete and track runner for Canada. She has been working as a lab technician for almost 30 years. She also has two sets of twins, aged 12 and 15. They are all athletes in their own right. Welcome to Sprinting to Success Podcast, Carolyn.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Esme. I appreciate it. I'm so excited that you're I am so
1: excited that you're here. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so let's get into it to this now. So tell us a little about your childhood.
2: Ah, uh, my child, I grew up in Ottawa, Ontario. Well, I was born in Montreal, CNN uh, Montreal. So I was, most of my upbringing was in Ottawa. Um, my family was British uh, parents, and I have a brother and sister. We were all athletes, um, awesome. mostly swimming. Awesome. Uh, for my brother um, and soccer, and my sister. Swimming myself, I got involved in running <laughs> nice. at 12. Yeah, so we had a very active, like good, good childhood upbringing. The other piece to, well, I guess I got into uh, working with the national team. I got asked to work with the national team coach when I was 15. I won nationals at 16 in the 3000. I went to LSU. Nice. Yeah. Louisiana State, where a lot of uh, Canadians went. It was That's very right. felt felt like home. <laughs> yes, no. So, and then i I got injured quite a bit with my Achilles with track. so it became apparent I was doing a lot of swimming and running as rehab. And one of my good friends, Carol Montgomery, who um, was a good very good runner, she just said, "You know, why don't you try triathlon? It was her sport." Basically, I I morphed into uh, her um, partner was a her agent at the time, so he put me in the pro category because I I had a yeah, I was on the Canadian team for track, and so they figured, well, you know, that warranted it uh, back then. Now you have to actually officially go get a pro license with triathlon. Yeah, it worked out and I had a, it probably extended my career far longer than I would have had. I just ran. So yeah, yeah, it was, a uh, long 15 years on the road, and then I had two sets of twins. That was uh, in my 30s, and, well, mid to late 30s. And, yes, I was working pretty much all through that career. Different in terms of my status at the hospital. Was casual mostly, and then part-time, and then there was a couple of years there, most recent of full-time. Yeah.
1: Nice. So your whole family is dedicated to healthy eating with Evolve products and fitness. Tell us about your company, Evolve Health.
2: Evolve Health is essentially, as a coach, you would know most of the issues, disease, dis-ease in your body, uh, it starts in the gut. Health starts in the gut. Uh, 80% of the gut microbes go in terms of the brain health, uh, mental health. So healing your gut is the core of what Evolve Health is all about. People call it keto-friendly, the products, but we're non-GMO right across the board. Most of the product is vegan. It's all gluten-free, non-GMO across the board. And it's essentially to heal the gut and have your system operate at a higher capacity, your body function at a higher capacity. And people can take these products from literally uh infants all the way to a hundred plus and I found that what I love is there's there's no sugar, little to no sugar in the products and I feel like my system is extremely energized. And I'm fifty one and I probably most people say you operate like somebody in their thirties. Like it's you know and I I I probably don't look like the average 51-year-old, but that's pretty much an athlete. <laughs> right, I yes. Have, yeah, so mm. I mean, we've, uh, I have had significant challenges too with some injuries and, and my, two of my kids of most recent uh, that I wouldn't wish upon anybody. And I really believe these products have helped their whole system function in a way that they've handled um, the stress. A lot better than the average person okay, so, so yeah it's yeah naturally <laughs> it's nice to see that natural
1: you know so then your products are helping your your children in what way
2: I see it in performance and what I mean by that is they're performing at a higher level than I'm not saying that they wouldn't but uh, they're not eating sugar excessively they're uh, they're great students and they're great athletes, and they recover from setbacks uh, far quicker than what I used to. So, mm. I definitely see that the benefit of this lifestyle I, I don't like to call it a diet, I'm going to call it a lifestyle because it's essentially, you know, being keto friendly, low sugar to no sugar, gluten free. It's just. Energizing! <laughs> awesome! So, awesome! Yeah! So, Carolyn, you're a superstar.
1: So, I want you to go <laughs> back. Tell me about the emotions you felt when you won the World Ironman Series. Tell me.
2: What <laughs> was well, the emotion? Well, you're a superstar, as we oh. so I feel like. I'm talking to another superstar. <laughs> We're both I...
1: superstars. How is that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, how did I feel? Wow. Well, it's interesting. I think when you achieve a high level athletically, it brings you to a place that it's like the zone for longer than, you know, it was probably a year. It felt like I was living on a bit of a high of, um, yeah, I was traveling a lot. How did I feel? I There was exuberance. There was a lot of hard work. You know, I think a lot of, well, definitely not, I think, I know, I felt a lot of gratitude, brings tears to your eyes, but in a good, like in a joyful way. The effort that is required for something like that is just huge. So when you come off of it and you know you've you've won, it, uh, you know, there can be a bit of a down and I've heard that from other athletes, you know, the Olympics, that kind of thing. But what I believe it sets you up for is a life of... uh, you know you, you can dig super deep. So it actually taught me so much about myself and my body that I don't know if I could have endured two sets of twins because one of my twins, uh, the younger set, Kate, she went through some uh, challenges. Uh, she had an infant colitis, the worst that children's had ever seen, two weeks post-birth. And I'm not sure I could have put my head down and handled that seven years of, like, breastfeeding and making sure they were as healthy as possible. And I learned a lot from the gastroenterologist. And hence, that led me to, it was funny, Evolve kind of fell into my lap. And everything that I had learned from the gastroenterologist was exactly Uh, what Evolve is all about so it was like oh this is interesting like I know this stuff and it's true and so I mean thankfully she's fine silver lining with kids they recover if if they can recover their guts will heal a hundred percent so she had a miraculous recovery she's got no allergies no issues and uh, it yeah I just feel like like winning the World Armour Series just taught me how to dig deep and just feel a lot of gratitude daily, regardless of your challenges. And I'm going through another one with um, her twin, ironically, with an elbow rebuild that, like a, just a devastating accident that she's handling far better than, I don't know, I, I wouldn't wish it upon my word. What happened to her? she had a trampoline accident in September of 2017 well end of August and it was thankfully after the uh, petition she had just come back from provincials uh, swimming and uh, the what happened she was doing a front flip she always wanted to be a gymnast and we got a huge trampoline but we got rid of it immediately after this happened. She did a front flip, something she had been doing for years and years. And like, it was no big deal. She was with a friend. She landed funny. But because she's all muscle, she tore the radial head, the piece of bone at the growth plate that controls extension, flexion, rotation, supination. Yeah. And they tried to salvage it. It the first two surgeries and it died in necrose and they had to clean that out and rebuild her elbow in March of this year with titanium. She didn't want tissue replacement, which is a cadaver. That's what they did. The problem was it stiffened up immediately, kind of clawed like her, her arm and she did swim through it, but in a lot of pain. And she went back in November They did a clean out of the elbow uh, with the scar tissue because she builds scar tissue extensively. I think hereditary from me. Now she's on a machine, pretty much 24/7, that controls the function of her arm purely to get more, uh, more flexion, extension, rotation, supination. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're hoping. I don't know. Her coach keeps saying she's going to be the first. Paralympic because she does qualify at this point but um, Olympian. <laughs>
1: yeah well why not?
2: <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see. Why not? Yeah.
1: Okay so I want to go back to you winning the world championship. So what were some of the challenges you had to overcome in order to become world champion?
2: <laughs> wow <laughs> um, probably <laughs> yes yeah, you know. I know. know. <laughs> wow I don't know how you put that in a paragraph. Uh, <laughs> it started with me making a real kind of big decision to move from Canada to Australia where I knew we had worlds in 1990 there and I knew that if I didn't make a big drastic move or move to California or something I couldn't do the training I needed to do in the Canadian winters so that was the start of it moving there and it that was you know, a, a transition because you're really far from home. And the coach, I just I chose because of I needed to work with somebody I felt confident that would, you know, be able to help me in that direction. He was very I don't know if you know Australian coaches, but they're pretty like yeah, there's no frills and it's it's hardcore. And I was left in the middle of uh, a lot of pineapple fields of him checking on me and then, you know, really taking care and catering to the men, essentially wanting me to keep up with the men without, you know, giving me any kind of help along the way, mm-hmm. shall we say. So I really had to, uh, I through a lot of tears and a lot of why me kind of, uh, I think you go through that when you're going through a hard time and you're, you know, you just have to really focus on your sleep getting recharged. And I really, that's what I meant by digging deep is I had to go inside and really check in daily. Uh, How am I feeling? Um, Am I up for this? Did I get enough sleep? And communicating with my coach, that kind of thing. And he knew I set the goal. And I told him I was very bold about the fact I wanted to win the World R-Man series. I felt I was ready just took it from there you know
1: um, as an elite athlete you know you can dig deep you know because if you have a goal you can dig deep and you find that strength because that goal is it's so passionate you have such passion for the goal that nothing's going to stop you (laughs) even injuries
2: (laughs) I know and it's funny because the sport like triathlon when you speak of injuries well He would just say if something was super sore and he could see I was limping or something, he would say, okay, get in the pool and do an extra 5K or something. So there was always an alternative. Uh, The thing about triathlon is it uses all the muscles. And yet there's like, if you're injured in some way, you can just, you know, add, well, to a certain point you can do the other sport a little bit more, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there was always something to be working on. And thankfully it wasn't like in running where I spent most of the time if I was injured in physio, which is, you know, not something that is totally fun. Although physio now is a lot more entertaining than it used to be (laughs) because I see all the stuff they utilize with my kids and it's it's more like a workout physios become you know an active thing more so than probably what you and I remember
1: (laughs) definitely (laughs)
2: just lying there getting iced and uh, ultrasound that kind of thing so you
1: know yeah. With time, there's progression, right? And new innovations yeah. and, and athletes can take advantage of, of that now. Um, so, so yeah. Carolyn, you've been a lab technician for almost 30 years. What are some of the stresses of being a lab technician?
2: Well, I can say the hospital is a different cat. <laughs> it brings you to the acute, uh, well, like, I mean, my hospital that I worked at for 30 plus years is uh, an acute hospital, I was hands-on, in the trauma bay, emergency, with patients, uh, outpatients, rehab. I saw a lot. I see a lot. I think what it's taught me is how, you know, we do need to manage our stress. Uh, Really, the yoga, I, I have incorporated yoga the last 18 years of my life. And I can honestly say that's helped my mindset when I go to work in a lab-setting hospital, because you really need to kind of well it's still, it's about checking in with yourself and taking a deep breath. Being present really that's a big deal, so I've, it's taught me to be more. In the moment, I know that this mo- this too shall pass. That really is uh, wording that is applicable for hospital and also pain as an athlete. Right. <laughs> um, I
1: say that lots actually. This too shall pass. <laughs> it must be an athlete thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get us to the next moment because in an Ironman, people go, how do you do that? Well, you don't think it. if you wake up in the morning, your brain is going to tell you that's ridiculous to do an Ironman in a day or, you know, in nine hours. It just your body's going to go, no way. I'm not doing that. So you have to really just set, okay, it's the swim. I'm going to enjoy myself in the water. I'm going to just, you know, see the next boy and you get on the bike. It's like the 10 mile marker. You get on the run, it's every mile. Right. You get excited that you've just achieved another mile. It's the same with the track, the bend, the straight. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The next, the next point. Definitely. So,
1: yeah. Um, so, Carolyn, so as women, we juggle many different roles that we have in life. A mom, uh, we have a profession, a wife, an athlete. So what are some of the challenges you experience in juggling the different roles in your life?
2: The challenge is how, I mean, like, once again, as me, I go back to being an athlete. I feel like it's an I am statement. Uh, You wake up in the morning, you're thinking about what am I going to do today physically or what do I need to do today physically with my body so that I can function at the optimum capacity for my kids, for my everything, work, family, uh, evolve. it's showing up and being the best I can be because I'm of service when I'm that way versus not being in service. So I put myself in a place of, you know, reading a book, a really good, positive, enlightening, inspiring book, 10 pages at least before I go to bed. And I wake up every morning to uh, my mentor. One of my mentors. uh, We talk every with a with a group of people at 7 a.m. And I'm usually on my way to work. I might be at work, uh, but it's always consistency, consistency, consistency of some of the things that I know keep me going. I guess it's my AA. I don't know, (laughs) but I just know that it keeps me on track, and I know it makes me go to. I think, what did I was, I was told 80% of our thoughts are negative or go to that place. So you're always having to train your mind. It's mind over matter, yes. as you know, as an athlete. Yes. So it's no different in a day-to-day situation. Right. So, yes.
1: Yeah. You know, the negative chatter, you know, and that's something will always happen. Um, It will come, you know, like when you're, you want to do something or uh, anything in life, you know, you always have this... The chatter in the back of your, you know, your brain telling you, you know, giving like almost like you putting fear in your mind,
2: fear that, you yeah. know, oh, you can't yeah. do
1: this. You can't do that. So, you know, you have to shut the chatter down, the negative chatter down by, as you say, having a coach that's positive support, having support in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you say you get up and you and you read positive things, you know, and so th- that that would help with um, shutting down the chatter. And you know, and I always say, hey, exactly. you know, and people say, you know what? You do things even though you're afraid, even though you have negative thoughts, you still do it. And that's how you shut the chatter down is by you do. Yeah. I think
2: it's action. Yes, action. Because when you're in action, you're not you're not able to absorb all that negative uh, energy, whether it's mental or even physical. Right. So you, yeah, it's being. Okay, like feel the fear and do it anyway, right. that statement, but it is that this too shall pass because as you know, the next moment, like kids, they're incredible reminders. They're just so joyful until we introduce fear to them. Exactly. And then it's like, Oh, no, you can't do that. No, don't do that, dear. That might hurt you, you know, and it's like, what? Right. <laughs> so, oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you have kids, so you know the, you've been through the the teaching. You know, um,
1: my son and I had a conversation um, today about the motivation. And I said, the way to motivation is to to work, is action. You know, so you can't wait until, oh, I'm waiting until I'm motivated in order to do something. No, you do it. (laughs) And and doing it, it, you build momentum. You do. And momentum is our motivation. Yeah. And as you, when, you, when you find, it, you know, success in the little things, it's like, okay, this is good. This is good, you know? Yeah. So it's like, a, you know, having a push, a, a snowball, you know, up the hill, up the hill, <laughs> up the hill, you know, and with action, the little things, action. And when you get to the top, you know, but momentum will push you all the way down. And that's motivation.
2: <laughs> it's true. And the biggest, you know, I just was at GoPro. Uh, it, was, it was a conference essentially about leadership and how you're showing up and being in this world and exactly what you just said with regards to the snowball john c maxwell said life is an uphill battle he's probably i've read some of his books top leadership coach out there and he said life's an uphill battle it you know how fast can you slide down right so anything worthwhile in life is uphill And that is true. And I, I know that from my own experience. Definitely. <laughs> and I like the analogy because nobody falls going uphill, no. right? You're always one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, and you actually do get somewhere. Right.
1: Definitely. <laughs> so, oh, definitely. So yeah.
2: I want to ask you another yeah. question.
1: What is the difference in regards to your food intake when you were an elite athlete compared to the intake that you have now?
2: I probably, that's a great question, <laughs> like Christmas that have just passed, <laughs> I'm probably a little bit more relaxed, and I'm not concerned if, okay, I have, you know, the cheesecake, or the, you know, Christmas cake, or something, but I take note of it, instead of being disregarding, and going, oh, well, I screwed up today. Uh, it doesn't matter if I screw up the whole week, you know, and, and not think about it for two weeks. What am I consuming? Take note of it with the kids and, and I let them have their little celebrations and stuff. But I take note because I know with, with them eating so clean, they actually feel yucky pretty quickly. Um, if they eat too much junk and stuff or chocolate. So I take note of it and uh, we just kind of go, okay, well, maybe we don't do that today. Two of my daughters are, they do it themselves now and it's great. I'm not monitoring that. Um, My son's a little, you know, a boy and he'll do what he wants to do kind of. He's got a very high metabolism. And then, but then he'll tell me, oh, mom, I'm not doing that today. I, I feel terrible. So the check in is ironically, with I have four examples that are operate pretty clean machines operating. And so I think they remind me now, ironically. Okay, yeah, that's right. We did eat chocolate yesterday. Cause I might not right. feel it. Uh, my metabolism is not as fast right. as it used to be. Partly age too, and the lack of activity in comparison to what I did do five, six hours of right. training a day. So I mean in essence, I, I mean, I'm still operating, but it's all relative, right? It's what's your capacity. Yes. <laughs> so I always go back to that set point for me that was higher, probably like yourself than the average Definitely. person. So it's a matter of, I moderate, uh, do a lot of intermittent fasting, um, which does seem to help me a lot. Uh, just eating in a 12 hour window every day. And I feel like hormonally, that works really well for me. I wouldn't suggest that for a child or, you know, a kid, uh, unless, of course, they were okayed by their doctor, that that was something they they needed to do or whatever for their their weight. But my kids are all (laughs) ripped, (laughs) so shall we? Yeah, low body fat. So that's that's, that's how it issue. is with, with
1: that's how it is with athletes, right? <laughs> low body fat. Yeah. We were we were there once. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, I I look at mine and go. I'm never use. I never want to see what those calpers have to say now. I mean, people say, "Oh, you look good." I'm like, "That's fine. I'm not stepping right. on a scale." <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: So I care can, a lot about how much you weigh.
1: So how so how much um time do you uh, spend working out in a week?
2: Usually I have this theory still compete in triathlon and I increase my activity usually March through to October cuz the competition seasons in the summer I typically June July August but I typically I have this theory an hour a day keeps right. the doctor That's away nice. so if I'm not running or hiking or uh, biking or swimming I will do yoga and so it's at least an hour a day. And for me, that works. Uh, my body seems to respond and function. If I miss a day, two days, I'm very mm-hmm. stiff, probably because I've overexercised. Okay. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Carolyn, this is the last question. Yeah. Go back in time to the younger Carolyn who felt afraid. What words of wisdom would you give her so she can believe in herself?
2: Uh, words of wisdom. I can do this, I believe, I think the biggest is belief, I'm capable, I, you know, it's, it, it's really taking away that mind chatter of, oh, I can't do this, oh, what's this about, you know, it, it's replacing that with, I am capable, I believe, I can, and it's ultimately just right. do it. <laughs> I had a dream when I was 12, I started running. I mean, I knew runners prior. I mean, actually going and, you know, joining cross country and running and track. I remember seeing some Nike ads and I just wanted to be a Nike athlete. And I went to bed with my dad bought me my first pair of Nike shoes. And it was that just that belief of, you know, had a picture of Mary Slaney on my bedroom uh door uh in the closet area and uh it was just looking at that every right. night that affirmation right. you know i think affirmations are affirmations
1: are important for success
2: yes and and it happened it was like the dream the dreams do happen i'm a dream believer so am I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to share with you an interesting quote from Joseph Addison, and he was a playwright and a poet. And he said, reading is to the mind, what exercise is to the body. What do you think about that?
2: Yes. Yes. I love it. So yes. true. And I, I apply That's both. Right. My words of wisdom to anybody is apply both. You know, the mind needs your body to be fit and right. vice versa. So, Yes.
1: Well said. So Carolyn, thank you for joining me today on Sprinting to Success.
2: <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. You can learn more about Carolyn in the show notes on EsmeLawrence.com. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success Podcast. Please sign up for my newsletter on Esmelawrence.com. Thank you so much and have an amazing day.
0: Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to esmelawrence.com. That's E-S-M-I-E-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.